0: You're listening to the Nitty Gritty Podcast with Jen Gall and Shona Hutchings, where they discuss the nitty-gritty of creative entrepreneurship.
1: Welcome to episode 12 of the Nitty Gritty Podcast. Today, Shona and I are here to chat about the behind the scenes of creative services and what that means for both the client and us as the business owners. Now, we have some... Mm -hmm. I guess apologies considering we've been, we've been gone for two weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, life, life hit us hard in the past couple of weeks and we had to take a quick break. So yeah, we're kind of two weeks behind on our podcast.
1: So sorry about but that. Friends. We are back and going to jump, um, jump right into it. Um, that being said, you may hear some unexpected ambient noises that you don't traditionally hear on our podcast Because, well, I'm at home today, and usually Shona and I are podcasting Mm -hmm. at Shona's place, so we're in the same room, but today I am at home, so you may potentially hear a dog, Uh, my partner Brad pulling nachos out of the oven, (laughs) because it is dinner time, (laughs) man's gonna eat, man's gonna eat nachos, so I plan on eating some, not during this podcast, Mm -hmm. I promise, um... But so there will be some mm-hmm. unexpected noises that you may not traditionally hear in our podcast. But with all that set aside, yeah, um, that's okay. So
0: today Let's with jump behind in. the scenes of the creative service, we just wanted to talk about how it's like the note, it is specific to, to services. So we're not really talking about like product-based things or things that we offer, but we just wanted to kind of talk about what it's really like and what you're paying for when you're when you're buying a creative mm-hmm. service.
1: And I think I'm sure some of this will obviously could relate to product-based services, but since Sean and I don't have product-based services, that we'll probably be specifically speaking to service-based services Mm -hmm. or service-based, for service-based businesses. All right. So did you want to jump off with kind of? Yeah. Okay. So
0: basically um, there's not a lot that people see necessarily in front of them. So a lot of what we do is behind the scenes. So we're going to kind of start with like the administration part and the upkeep of our businesses. So the first one we kind of have here is emails. So email is a main like mode of communication for both Jen and I in our businesses. Um, but going through those emails, um, like responding to clients or drafting emails, those kind of things does take a while. So um, that's kind of just some of our, our time and our, our working kind of schedule during the day. Um, do you have anything you want that's- to say about emails?
1: That's like a lot. That's yeah. a lot of my time on a daily basis. Like, I don't remember who I was talking to about it, but I, I was we we track all of our time. So if you looked um, back at one of our podcasts where we talk about the tools, oh hi hi Facebook. <laughs> um, <laughs> when you look back at some of the tools that we use in one of our previous podcasts, um, I talk about Toggle, which I like, tracks our time, and so I I track my time on a daily basis. And so when I look at look back at my emails, I think I spend, I can spend anywhere from an hour to three hours a day. Yeah, that's a lot. I should really do that because yeah. I don't really yeah. think that I, tra-
0: like I track my time when I'm literally like doing the work for the clients. So whether I'm at a photo shoot or I'm right. like editing their stuff, but I never seem to track my time when I'm doing emails or any of the administration work. So maybe I should start doing that so I can see if I'm like paying myself enough money,
1: <laughs> basically. Yeah, because I, I think that's something that people kind of forget about. Um, whether you're the business owner or you're the client, there's a lot of time that goes into the back and forth of the communication. Mm-hmm. And emails is a huge part of it. Like I, so I previously did a grant in June and we had to track our time for that. And l- luckily I was already doing it. But he was like, oh, my gosh, you're spending so much time answering emails. And I was like, yes, but that's also how I like communicate with our clients. That's how a lot of people reach out to us who are new clients.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they all reach out to us particularly through emails. I had like a one-off actually today, and she called me. But that never happened. Like I hardly ever. Yeah, mine's either through email or
0: like Instagram DM. Which I yeah, actually exactly. would prefer it not to be through Instagram DM,
1: but a lot of people still message me through it. Which we talk about in client etiquette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think even with emails, like even if I have a phone call with someone, I then follow up with an email. Mm-hmm. Because as we've talked about plenty of times, like everything has to be in writing. Yeah, for sure. So, which brings us to contracts. Hmm. Super important people. Mm -hmm. a huge part of what I'm sure I'm sure Shona like you do um we both spend a lot of time whether it's drafting contracts or just kind of like I mean every new client you have to create a new contract
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I kind of have like yeah I have like a template that I use but then I have to like update it for each person Mm -hmm. um so yeah so it it's a lot of work but then also just like staying on track for like for me copyright luckily hasn't changed in a long time but it was updated when I first started doing photography versus now so then just making sure that like the stuff you have in there is also like legitimate because if I'm going to talk about like copyright law to make sure that what I'm referencing is actually true and correct so yeah up to date yeah so just
1: contracts all upkeep
0: yeah. And like, so basically anytime I have a new client, I have to like go back in and create a new contract. And I'm still not even tracking my time for that. So I really should do that too.
1: Do it. I know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm being really bad. I've literally only tracked my time to be like, here's how much time I worked on your photos. And then that's how I bill. But I really shouldn't, I should do more than that probably.
1: Even if it was like for a month. Yeah. I Well, I would say like, maybe three. So because they need to take like a trend or... Because, I mean, you could have, like, a one-off month. Yeah, for sure. But just kind of see, like, trends happening, which is – we all know I'm obsessed with processes. (laughs) Well, yeah, and that leads
0: us to our next point in administration, which is, like, inputting Mm -hmm. information into platforms. So maybe you want to talk about that.
1: Oh, my goodness. We have so many different platforms that we use, and they each have a different, like, key – they're each – a different key component in our process and how we make sure that the experience for the client is really good. So toggle, which we've already talked about, which is our time tracking system. But when we're doing like branding and design or we're doing photography, or even when we do our social media clients, which is like a package price, um, we still track our time to make sure that one, like we're actually making money on a client. Um, But it also, again, make sure we're efficient with what we're doing and that we're not, um, I guess undervaluing the price that the client is paying.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we also like live on Google Drive, so all of our files live on the drive, mm-hmm. and every client has a folder, and in that folder there are additional folders. Um, and I think the drive is huge for us because with the team that I have, it's it's important that everyone kind of knows what's going on and everyone has access to files. So sometimes like. I have an organize I have like two or three hours a week where I do like organizational stuff and admin stuff, mm-hmm. um, specific to like something simple business, and the Google Drive is is a huge piece of that, making sure it's clean and up to date. the other thing I love can get crazy. yeah. The other thing
0: I love about Google Drive is it like auto saves. Cause I'm like so Ugh. bad for like closing out a Microsoft word and then just not saving something. <laughs> so I like oh gosh, like I docs know. and all of the, even like the calendar I think is really, yeah. Yeah. Really helpful. Cause I'm now. Magical. Yeah. With my, my husband just like, I never tell him what I'm up to. <laughs> so it's a way for him to be like, Oh, can we schedule something this weekend? And he'll like go into the calendar and he'll see. Cause I've kind of added him to my like Hutchings and co calendar. So he can see like, Oh no, Shona has a photo
1: shoot. <laughs> so. Oh, nice. I should yeah. actually see if, if that's something that Brad has with his work yeah that's, that's, a, smart, that's, a, that's a smart wife thing
0: yeah it's not like he's putting <laughs> tabs on me or anything but it just like well, no. it's easier for him because I was getting annoyed because he'd be like do you have a photo shoot this weekend and I'm like oh yes like oh and I would just get so annoyed every time he asked me so now I'm just like I'm just gonna add you to my calendar and you can just look at it and then you don't have to ask <laughs> or he's asked you like three times about the same day, yeah
2: about the same like, thing like, <laughs> <and three
1: times. laughs>
0: yeah so
2: yeah, yeah it so was just easier
1: Yes. <laughs> um, some of the other things that we need to make sure we're inputting information into is our client portal. So that's new to us this this year, actually. But it has been, like, mind-blowing, like, saving time. We were sending everything through email. So that was mock-ups of designs, um, social media, um, market plan, social media research. Everything was through email, and we found that we were spending just as much time searching for all of these things after we had sent it or mm-hmm. searching to go back and take a look at things um, or, you know, making sure that they had looked at it or maybe they hadn't looked at it. Or maybe they have six different emails and it was, oh my gosh, I was over it. I was like, we're spending way too much time doing this. So I put everything on the on a new client portal. And it's like, not only is it user-friendly for both us, but it's also user-friendly for our client. We're sure, like super yeah. about experience. For our clients recently. Well, <laughs> not recently, forever. Um, client experience is like our term for March. So that's kind of why it's on the top of my mind, um, making sure it's, you know, top notch. But uh, our client portal was huge for this year. And it's made our client experience that much better than it was before. Uh, and there's a lot that goes into it, like creating a portal for every single client, making sure all of everything is updated for them for when they log in, making sure there's no issues with their login, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, we might hear a door. <laughs> um, um, the other, obviously, the, the biggest thing for us is obviously social media scheduling.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so making sure all the information is inputted into like our leader.com platform, making sure that we have access to all of the appropriate social media platforms. Um, which Facebook, by the way, is the most annoying thing to get administration <laughs> <laughs> admin on. Um, it's very annoying. Mm-hmm. but You have to all download
0: of, all of their apps. It's so annoying. It's like, it's oh, you so want a annoying. message now? Now you have to have this app. Oh, you want and to do business stuff on your phone? You have to have this app. It's like, no, Facebook. I just want it all in one spot. But we'll talk it's about so that annoying. more later. <laughs> we'll
1: talk about that later in another podcast.
0: Yeah.
1: But that's like, those are like our key platforms but like mm-hmm. there's multiple ones that we have to go into and that's before we even start anything yeah <laughs> yeah so that's always fun
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then uh, you have scheduler oh social media scheduler oh social
0: media scheduler okay I really totally dropped the ball on my social media recently I've just been like okay. doing you've been busy girl I've been busy and I've just been yeah I just like I always like have this internal dilemma, whether or not I want to use photos that I take for clients or my own photos, because I like had it as a blog first and now it's like a business slash blog. So like trying to determine if I should be using like a photo that I've taken for someone else's business on my page, even though I like own the rights to that photo and can do with it what I want, which is Mm -hmm. what copyright is and what my contract says. But I always just feel like weird using someone else's photo. On my feed. I don't know. I know that when you're like a lifestyle photographer, like everybody does it. But I find when I do like branding stuff, I'm like, does this make sense for my feed? And should I put it there? So I just like have dropped the ball recently just because I haven't I haven't been able to decide what I want to put up.
1: That's so funny because we did the exact same thing in January. We were like so we were quiet for like six, seven days at a time. Yeah. Because I was like, I was in this internal dilemma of okay, it's not really me anymore. Like it's not just me, but my face was all over the account. Right. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I am the owner. But like, if you work with something simple, you also work with Angela and you also work with like Savannah and Olivia and the interns that we have at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if people are like, oh, but we get you, right? And I was like, not not necessarily. No, not, not really. Like if we're doing training, yes. But branding and design sometimes even social media like we're a team yeah we collaborate we we bounce ideas off one another sometimes I can't get something so Angela does sometimes Angela can get something so Savannah jumps on it so it's like Mm -hmm. it's like it's not just it's not just me anymore so I felt like shit I can't just keep posting photos of me yeah because then that gets a perception of that they only work with me um so that was like my internal struggle and that we've kind of figured it out a little bit but there's still a lot of work that has to go into that kind of transition. So I feel you, girl.
0: Yeah. Okay. Invoicing. Okay. This was like my nemesis for so long invoicing, but now, (laughs) now I have gotten used to it. I think um, with like, now I have like two, well now I send out twice as many invoices because now I send out an invoice for like deposits and then Mm now and then a like um, fee at the end. Um, But I kind of have invoices, invoicing and, and budget sheet in two different, things so like when, when I'm doing administration when I send an invoice I also have to update like my um, well you'd be doing QuickBooks but I have just like my Excel spreadsheet right. I mean that takes time because like going through budgeting making sure that you're making money where you're losing money seeing what expenses you have um, kind of I mean I haven't been doing time but I should put it in there and then determining if I'm like on track with my like budget goals
1: Right, we, we still actually – so we do use QuickBooks, but we still have an Excel sheet that we use. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like an ongoing – whereas, like, usually I sit down at, like, the end of a week
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and kind of, like, do that week. So, like, every Friday I sit down for, like, an hour or so. And do that. And do that. But then, like, in order for me to plan in advance, I jump – like, I have an Excel sheet every month that I go into and – Mm-hmm. I kind of plan in advance with like goals and like how many like training clients you want to get or you know how many whatever right like yeah. you have goals you want to set but it kind of gives you like a jumping like a jump off point for for my QuickBooks. I don't know maybe I'm doing that wrong if anyone has me <laughs> better, better ways to do that but it's worked so far for me oh. so mm-hmm. yeah
0: with mine too for sure I like Ryan had set up my my husband had set up my like Excel spreadsheet, but he's like an
1: Excel genius now. So yeah, that like links together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, Oh my God, get me. How do I get my hands on one? (laughs) You can probably sell those and make a ton of money off it. Yeah. Well, actually there is a
0: photographer that does sell them. If anybody's like interested, um, Jamie Delane, I think is her name. She's like a photographer either in BC or Alberta, but Any photographers out there that want to buy um kind of like a an Excel spreadsheet. Now hers is very specific to um lifestyle and weddings. So if you do lifestyle and weddings, hers would be really helpful. It also like it helps you determine what you want your um like overall salary to be and whatnot. But anyway, so that didn't really work for me. So then because I had purchased that a long time ago when I was doing weddings.
1: Um, And since then she's updated
0: it and whatnot, but um, it didn't really work for me for what I'm doing now. So then we had to kind of, we kind of use it as a starting point and then we made a new one to fit more with the branding and lifestyle stuff I'm doing now.
1: Oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So she has a lot of really cool resources.
1: She does like online training and stuff now too, but um, she's been around for a while. Yeah. Um, And just so everyone knows, we'll make sure that all of these are in our show notes, which you can find on both Shona and something simple website. Mm -hmm. Catchings and go and something simple website.
0: Yeah. So another thing I do, um, which kind of relates to my clients um, is create questionnaires. Mm -hmm. So when I'm doing like a branding shoot, um, I want to make sure that the photos that I'm going to take for the client will match their brand. But that means I need to come up with questions and email or send them in like a Google form or whatever I'm using to make sure that they can answer them um, before the, before the shoot that we have so that I, I can, get inspiration or learn um kind of what they want uh prior to the photo shoot so if they want like bright images or if they want moody images or certain colors or emotions or whatever so that's all kind of in the questionnaire but creating those questionnaires and communicating with the client is just like another administrative kind of task we have to do in creative business and i believe you make them too right
1: yeah, we have questionnaires. Actually, we have questionnaires for all of our clients, whether it's the social media management, the advising, the training, branding, and design. We have questionnaires for all of them. Obviously, they're they're each very different,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: and they've evolved as we've kind of grown and as we've learned. But yeah, it's that's a huge piece, right? Like as you grow and as you learn and as you start to meet new people, you're constantly updating these questionnaires. or updating how you communicate with your clients, which is you know a huge part of what we do is that there's a, that constant learning piece or we're constantly learning and constantly updating and constantly trying new things. Mm-hmm. And that takes time. Like it takes time and effort to, to build those things and to add, add those pieces in every single day.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I agree. And then you have like client communication here in like World letters. <laughs> so like, we kind of <laughs> talked about, we talked about that a bit at the beginning, but just like, there's a lot of back and forth communication that has to happen. Um, that, I mean, I think a lot of people don't really realize is like, because it's, it's very important to them because it's their business and you're working for them, but they also don't realize that like you might have more than one client. So it's like, it, it takes a lot of time to organize that information, get back to clients, make sure that, um, what am I trying to say here make sure that you're getting back to them in a timely manner as well. So, but it's super important, obviously, because it's part of the like experience of that your clients get from your business.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it really is huge. Like the communication, client communication. I think I've said this before that I, I hate emails. Like emails yeah. are such, I spend, <laughs> I spend, what is it? Um, like one to three hours a day answering emails yeah, that's so much, and it's huge it's huge I've tried to like limit it and try to figure out ways to like make it less mm-hmm. but it is it is huge it's just a huge portion of my day um like if you think of a traditional eight hour day that leaves me what with like five nope seven nope oh my god I can't do math <laughs> yeah if it's like an eight hour day and you're like, like three
0: hours you got five it could be, yeah, five. It be you get five hours. to seven hours yeah yeah
1: Five to seven hours of actual like client work or like work, work, work. Um, lank, but lank, it's... Lank, lank, lank. I don't know why you said that in the Rihanna song
0: the Rihanna song just came into my head. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but it's so true though, like the communication is such a huge huge piece of my business. But mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's why, maybe that's something that like
0: now I'm gonna use something simple. It seems really simple <laughs> to like the one client who's writing the email. But if they're also talking about like all the, all of the clients you have, you have like that email from that client and then from another client and then the response email from the original client. And like, it just becomes like a whole pile of yeah emails.
1: Because yeah. Like, like, even if, even if I like listed, like even if I went through mm-hmm. what, like what happens in my email on a daily basis, it's like potential clients, new clients, current clients. I'm learning and development, which I usually don't get to until Fridays. Mm -hmm. I like mark them. And I've talked about kind of how I use my marking system in my Gmail. Mm -hmm. So I mark them. And so I don't actually look at them until Fridays, but I still have to like mark them. Yeah. To like organize then, Yeah. And then so with current clients, there's also like, you know, making sure they're getting updated, making sure we're setting meetings, making sure we're communicating with new clients. Oh my gosh. There's so many emails at the beginning. Um, my social media clients, there's like monthly meetings and monthly updates we have to do. Um, any of our branding, luckily a lot of that has moved onto the client portal, which I'm super ecstatic about. Um, but emails are just huge um, in my team. Oh my goodness. Like we're, we're actually pretty good. We do use Slack quite a bit, which is I'm grateful for. Um, but a lot of things like we do have to talk about through email cause there's, you know, we will want to make sure there's a thread happening with, um, video or videos, um, images, which I mean, technically you can do in Slack, but mm-hmm. eventually it will disapp- disappear. So we don't really want that. Um, yeah. So emails are just, it's huge. It's, it's such a huge piece of oh, collaborations and partnerships, which has kind of developed quite a bit this month or this, this year. Mm-hmm. I, keep thinking it, I keep thinking it's January. <laughs> um, <laughs> nope. Only but, the end of February. Yeah, actually. Yeah. We've got some amazing collaborations happening this year. So I'm really, really excited about that. But it is. It's a lot of back and forth. And this is not me complaining. Mm -mm. By no way, shape, or form is this me saying, oh, my God, this is horrible. It's simply me saying this is the reality of what my business looks like. And sometimes, I mean, I don't want to swear, but, like, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to throw the F-bomb in there. But sometimes I just it's something that's just, it's like, because the expectation is that I, I answer right away. And and that that that's this like nagging feeling all the time. Like oh my gosh, if I don't get back to them right away, or like you know we're so. I know the next month we're just crazy with branding and design clients, and it's so exciting. But it's just like keeping on top of all those clients, like Mm -hmm. getting that email of like oh we're looking to do this, and I'm like oh that's awesome, but like we can't get to that till like April.
0: I've been like lucky recently because I'll get either DMs or emails that I've now kind of learned how people respond. So like if they email me a question and I respond a certain way, then I know that I'll either get this response or this response for the most part. So now I've like been able to like determine what they're asking in the email and determine whether or not I need to answer right away or if I should wait to finish the work that I was doing and then respond to them. Because sometimes I like ask like, oh, are the photo's ready or oh where can we find this or whatever? And it's just easier for me to just be like, finish it and then be like, here's the link rather than like, oh, I'll be done on such and such a day and then get another like email being like, oh, are they done yet? Like, no. So now I've gotten better at like determining whether or not I need to respond right away. The thing I hate about Instagram DM (laughs) is that Instagram has tortured us all with the red receipts. And it's like, oh, I know. And it's like, if I look at it, I have no choice but to respond because the person now knows that I've seen it and they're going to be like, oh, why haven't they responded yet? I know that they saw my question. So that's one of the reasons I really prefer email. But um, if I see something come into my Instagram and that I don't want to respond to, I like can't look at what the people say. But you only get like three words of like a, uh, like a preview of what the person says unless you open it. And then if you open it, they can see that you've seen it. So I don't right. know. It's like a friggin' torture device it's that
1: so annoying, has
0: come out with because yeah I hate it but that's okay I like Instagram I just don't like their I don't like their messaging system
1: I feel like I wish I you, you could turn it off yeah I feel like there should be that option yeah who like can we you can on iMessage like, yeah <laughs> who can we contact <laughs> yeah you
0: should turn that off that should be a thing okay so the next thing that like behind the scenes of creative business that we do is kind of the inspiration piece um so we already kind of talked about questionnaires. So do you mm-hmm. want to talk about that again or should we just go to the next one?
1: Um, I guess part of what we do for our questionnaires, and uh, I this I guess yeah, we do have it for both. We have for both our social media and we have it for our branding and design. Actually we have a what am I talking about? We have for all of our clients, so then I'm thinking yeah. about it. But um in terms of like this this piece of our questionnaire, we have it for all of our clients. We kind of asked for like their inspiration, like who they're inspired by. Oh so yeah. they can they can upload files actually right into the questionnaire. And then they also can like, like put the link to whoever they're inspired by, whether it's a website or another Instagram feed or whoever. Um, So we kind of get their version of inspiration. Mm -hmm. And from that, we build um, kind of our own inspiration, which a lot of it um, comes from Pinterest.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I guess I kind of have that too. Like I will have, I had someone message me about doing like um, food photography and then but there's like different ways that you can photograph everything so then I was like okay that's great but like do you prefer this look or this look and I, I have to but I have to go through and see that inspiration first or I have to ask right. them to send it to me and yeah that's either that's usually like a Pinterest or like a screenshot on Instagram sending being like do you like this person do you like this person um, or like or if you don't like any of them what is it that you're looking for if mm-hmm. you want to be different yeah Okay. Um, and then something else we do for inspiration is research of up-to-date trends. So um, whether that be like, you use hashtags a lot. I know that you come out with like different hashtag, monthly hashtag emails and and resources and whatnot. Um, but also just up-to-date trends in terms of like, we have to be on top of for photography, like before events happen or um, holidays or like those kind of things to make sure that we know kind of what's upcoming, whether it's happening in London or um, like mm-hmm. locally and then making sure that we're on top of those trends before they actually happen so that they get the photos by the time they need them when the event or that trend or whatever is coming out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We, the amount of like emails that I'm subscribed to that give us like new up to new up-to-date things. Mm -hmm. Also, if anyone is ever interested in learning about up-to-date pieces, um, One A join my newsletter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shameless promotion here. Just a plug, quick plug. Just a plug, quick plug, join my newsletter. Um, but the flip side to that is actually later.com, which is the platform we use for our social media scheduling. Mm -hmm. Their emails are actually amazing. Yeah, they have really good ones, actually. I get it. Yeah, they have fantastic emails. And now warranted is typically specific to either Pinterest or Instagram. Um but they are like, they're actually, like, they're amazing. And they're, the way they explain things are just like so, they're just so dynamic in a way that like anyone mm-hmm. can really get it. Like anyone at any level can really understand what they're talking it's about. It's written to like the lay person. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thanks, teacher. You're welcome. Thanks, teach. <laughs> um, yeah. So I highly recommend connecting with or join the later.com um, newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, it does come quite often. I do have to say like I get it probably like two times a week, give or take. Um, but it, I find it's very, very useful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we have to stay on top of the trends, especially when it comes to branding and design. Oh, my goodness. you mm-hmm. um, amount of like trends, like for example, the color of the year this year is coral. Mm-hmm. It's like living coral, um, the Pantone color of the year. Um, warranted, that's not for everyone. But we need to know kind of what's trending so that people like, you know, let's say we have someone come to us and like, oh my gosh, we love this color. And for us, we always have to say, okay, well, why? Like, tell us more about your color history. Tell us why that's something you're really drawn to. Because we don't want it to simply be a trend. Mm -hmm. Because for us, a trend is something that's no longer going to be, you know, wanted or it's not going to be um, popular, let's say. In two or three years, whereas if you're building a brand, you usually want it to be like as evergreen as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, trends change, but when you're paying someone to build a brand for you, you want it to be up to date, so it can be evergreen. But you also want it to be relatable to a lot of people. So, us, our like a huge piece of what we do is we want to make sure. I always make sure my staff spend let's say one to two hours a week, if not more when possible, kind of just like researching and learning and staying up to date with what's happening. Um, that's like my life. I feel like on Fridays is just like creative dreaming and like trend searching and Mm -hmm. (laughs) seeing what's happening, but that's a huge piece for what we do. Do
0: you want to talk about the next one here, Jen? Cause I don't really do these
1: oh my god these are like my life friends Mm -hmm. anyone in the branding anyone in the design business we like live on mood boards and vision boards um I absolutely love creating them I should probably share them more to be honest um but whenever we're trying to come up with a new idea or maybe even sometimes sometimes we we don't always create mood boards and vision boards for um, like every single client, because sometimes we have like such a direct idea of what we want to create, or like they give us such a good explanation of what they want, that we can easily recreate the words into a, like a visual. Mm-hmm. When we're when we're struggling or when we're kind of trying to get that, I guess struggling isn't the right word, but when we're trying to get that inspiration going, um, we always kind of do a mood board. So we just kind of get these like photos together and put them into one inspirational visual mm-hmm. and therefore we have a new board. So we get a lot of our inspiration by creating those, creating those sometimes it's, it's honestly just taking one photo and then pulling the colors out of that one photo. And that kind of gives us a really good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, we did that actually with our, we had a photography client or sorry, she was a branding client. She was a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, and Because she was a photographer, she had a very specific style and a Mm -hmm. very specific set of colors that she used on a regular basis when she edited her photos. So when she came to us for branding, I was like, oh my gosh, let's just go snapshot her Instagram feed Mm -hmm. and kind of pull some colors out of that and see kind of the direction that we should go. Um, So that was like such a great way to understand where a client was, like where her visual mindset was because it was like in photos Mm -hmm. um unfortunately we don't always get that lucky (laughs) yeah because obviously not all clients are photographers yeah for sure mood boards are a life in some way (laughs) Mm -hmm. um what do you mean by techniques so
0: inspiration techniques here
1: so techniques just in terms of like finding new techniques or we something that we have to do often for branding is like for example one of the most challenging things that we've been finding lately is a lot of people want like um like the metallics in their brand oh yeah so want like rose gold or gold or silver which in all honesty is great like they do look beautiful but from a branding standpoint it's so challenging to do mm-hmm. um to kind of turn so we've like we found ways to make it on like So if you're on a computer or if you're looking at it from a screen-wise. But if you ever went to a printer, for example. Mm-hmm. um, So this is a huge part of branding. So this is something that we had to educate ourselves on. So if you go to a printer and you want those, you have to invest in the foils.
0: Yeah, I was going to say right? it would be foil printing, yeah.
1: Which is more expensive. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's that – it's our – like learning our techniques and understanding how to take it from – like a computer base to a printing to you know from online to I guess what the best way to put it is from like online to mm-hmm. like like a a practical like a what's physical what physical thank yeah, you copy yeah uh, like a physical version of what people see online because they're very different mm-hmm. they are very different and how how you print something is very different than how you see it I have even a though like, for you, you don't see do it yeah go for it girl
0: so then <laughs> okay because when I do. There's two different color like workspaces in Photoshop um, when you're like editing in a like, this is going to get so technical. When you're editing <laughs> in a raster, raster type program, you basically yes. have two um, color workspaces that you can be in. So RGB and CMYK. So f- for yes. people that don't understand what those are, RGB is for screen viewing because most monitors use red, green, and blue as, mm-hmm. as the colors that they use to create the colors that you see on your screen. Um, whereas CMYK is cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. Um, and that's what a printer uses. So if you like go to a printer, usually what happens if you're going to a good printer, they have those individual prints that will come and they'll go through like cyan, then magenta, and then yellow, then black, and then they're all layered on top of each other. Um, even in your printer, you'll have like four colors, even if they come in like the you usually get like a color pack of ink, which will have cyan, yellow, and magenta, and then you'll get a black separately. Right. Okay, so when you're doing your editing of like your branding stuff do you do the things that are meant for screen viewing in RGB and then have to make a totally separate one in CMYK because I found when I've done photo editing if I do it in RGB for screen viewing which is what a lot of people are like buying like buying my service for um like Mm -hmm. for Instagram or online website whatever which is why in my contract I write like what are you using it for so that I know when I edit it um, but if I switch that same photo from, like, CMYK for print and I switch it over to RGB, the, like, colors get all desaturated. So then I have to, like, go back into my, like, raw editing program and then re-export them in the in the different color, like, um, workspace so mm-hmm. that the colors are vibrant in both, whether they're being printed or whether they're being viewed on screen. So what do you do with branding?
1: So usually what we do, there's a couple different things that we can – it depends really what we're working on. So when yeah. we create a branding guide for someone, we usually ask, and this is actually in our questionnaire, we ask if they ever plan on typically most people do plan on printing something. Right. Yeah. Um, so we always like to provide what we call like the RGB codes and the um and the CMY codes because they are different. Yeah, they are, yeah. Right? Like they're different when you're actually inputting things from like a color perspective. Um if you are going – so this is also why I am a huge advocate for going to a full-service printer and not one of those, like, Vista prints or, like, one of those, like – is it Moo? Mo? Moo, yeah, Moo. moo. Um, because you're literally just sending in what you have to them. Mm-hmm. And you're not really talking to someone. It's an automated platform. And I've seen some people, and they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Um, but for my person, like for my, like I go to a full service printer and whenever I work with clients, they all get sent to a full service printer. And what I mean by full service is like, I am talking to someone specifically, they get sent the file. They actually, they do what they need to do with the file. Mm-hmm. So typically we just send a PDF or JPEG, PDF, whatever it is that they need, depending on what the file is. hmm and they do what they need to do with it on their end.
0: Right. So like, you don't have to be as knowledgeable as the people working at the prints,
1: Yeah. And to, that's like, do it. Yeah. That for us, like, like we understand to, to the, to like, to as much as we need to, like when you say like CMYK and RGB, like obviously we're fully, fully aware of what's going on with those. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the full service printer that we work with there, they always say to us, just send us, just like send us in JPEG, send us in PDF again, depending on what it is we're sending them. Mm-hmm. And they do what they need to do with their printers because if it's a digital print mm-hmm. that's different if it is um if it's being printed um like a like it's like a, a larger print like it's a larger qu- uh, quantity that they need they mm-hmm. print it in a different way there's like 80 there's oh my gosh there are so many different ways something can be printed um if it's getting embossed versus debossed so if you're getting like um it print like something printed in like a mold printed into the paper mm-hmm if you think if things like are pressed into it where you see that like groove in, in like a business card, for example, mm-hmm.
0: or like um, a letter press or, yeah, I mean, there's so many different things. There's like foil, there's laser cutting, there's, there's yeah. like the different, it's yeah. Endless.
1: Yeah. So usually what I, what I do with my printers is that we're just in such a good collaboration with our printer. We always just say like, okay, hey, this is what we need. This is the weight. This is the color. Um, do it. <laughs> yeah,
0: which I mean, um, the problem. I mean, VistaPrint is super affordable, but the problem with it is if you don't know what you're sending in, exactly. And they basically they don't like really look at it. They just like take your file and send it to printer, and then you might not get what you thought it looked like. From
1: my from what I understand with VistaPrint, is it is it's like RGB. Yeah, like they're taking what you have on your computer and just putting it on paper. Mm-hmm. So the downside with that is that you're you're going to lose detail. Yeah, and color. Yeah, I also I noticed yeah.
0: that sometimes things don't get cut properly, and like words get cut off.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah. you really, I, in all honesty, like with my business cards, like we did went through, a, we went through a full service printer. And guys, full transparency, like I'm talking about how much I love full service printers. Usually, they are like you're paying for it. Mm-hmm. Like you are going to pay for the quality for sure. Um, my partner also Brad, who's making these amazing nachos. Um, their family owns a full service printer, <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's why I collaborate with them because it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're amazing there, and it, it's cap- Capital Color has been nothing but amazing to work with, especially for our clients. So um, it's a lot easier for us to say, okay, like we basically take that burden off the client, being like, okay, here's all of the the items that you've had that we've created for you do you want us to just go have it printed for you because it's like a hell of a lot easier
0: Mm -hmm, than them trying to find someone and communicate all that same information yeah because
1: from my experience like again Vistaprint is inexpensive but you're you're missing something there right like you're gonna get especially oh my gosh especially if you're using the templates from Vistaprint please do not use those (laughs) it's amazing it's so funny
0: because i like when i was creating business cards to be a supply teacher i like created my own but it's because i had like a background in in design and using photoshop and whatnot but it's funny when i go into the um staff room where all the like the business cards are posted for all the um, supply teachers and you can see how, like how many people don't have a design background. And it's just like the same template for single. <laughs> like it's like a little apple with like pencils and whatnot from this. It's really funny. I don't know. I oh, thought that's so funny. <laughs> yeah.
1: you guys, like this is the perfect example. Like people can tell, like you might not think people can tell.
0: Not people only that, tell. but if I get like, if I go to like a networking thing and I get 25 like um, business cards, I'm going to look at the one that looks different.
1: Yeah. It's ex- it was the exact same way. This this is something that you're going to learn throughout your whole life. You have a resume, right? If you look mm-hmm. different than all the traditional resumes, you're going to stand out. Mm-hmm. If you have a business card, it looks different from all of the business cards. You're going to stand out. If you have a website, it looks different. like It just goes on. If you have photos that are on brand and that are you and are you know, telling your story, you're going to, like, it just, it makes sense, guys.
0: <laughs> anyways, we totally went on a tangent because yeah. we started talking about, like, CMYK and RGB. But anyways, okay, inspiration, anyway. the last thing is, like, Pinterest.
1: Yeah, I mean, we touched on Pinterest. I think yeah. if anyone here, if you, if you use Pinterest, I highly recommend just using it also for inspiration.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My jam. Yeah. We talk a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, I've
0: been, like, using it less. I used it a lot when I was, like, um, doing my blog for my um, home, but I've just been dropping the ball or I've been too busy with like photography to be doing blogs and stuff. So I haven't been on Pinterest right. as much, but my clients still use it sometimes. to like send me inspiration or like to create boards to be like, oh, I really like how this looks or like I'll create one being like, oh, is this kind of the look that you're going for? And they're like, yeah, similar or, oh, no, not at all. And then they'll like send me something different. So
1: we actually we have a Pinterest board for every single social media client and we have a Pinterest board for any advising client. Yeah, that's a good idea. It just kind of like gets people like we kind of all are on the same page with what's happening. Um, Mm -hmm. We also, something simple, also just wrote a blog post on the beginner's guide to Pinterest. So we'll make sure that's linked in there too.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So behind the scenes of creative service, now we're finally getting to like the client work. Oh, my gosh. We've, like really, been talking about, yeah, we've really, really been talking about everything else that we do, um, plus our little tangent on printing stuff. Oh, but yeah. now now we actually get to the client work. So after administration, after um, communication, after inspiration, what do we do mm-hmm. for our clients? So do you want to talk a little bit about what you have to do?
1: Yeah. So obviously, so we've kind of talked a little bit about onboarding already. So kind of getting the client um, set up in our programs uh, making sure they've answered the questionnaire. There's some back and forth communication that happens. Um, but we also want to make sure the client is fully aware, like how the client portal works, setting expectations for the clients, um, making sure they're fully aware of what's going on with the contract. But jumping, I'm going to say specifically into the social media management piece um, and a little bit of the branding mm-hmm. and design, but we do a lot of market research in the beginning for every client because we need to make sure that we're on the same page, so what's happening in the market, but we also want to be different than the market, um, especially if we're marketing <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, social media on social media for, for a client. Um, then we do a high-level market plan, so we create um, a month-to-month market plan for our clients this is something we just actually just just kind of started sharing more with our clients, which you think we would be sharing from the beginning, but um, it just changed so often so fast that by the time we sent it to them, something else would have changed. So Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's an on our market plan is not set in stone. It's definitely an ongoing piece um, that get changed that gets changed all the time.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Also, Based on their industry too, so fashion industry, food industry, all that changes so often, mm-hmm, for sure. Um, so that's so why that's why we call it a high level marketing plan. Um, we do hashtag research, which is huge in social media. So making sure we're using the right hashtags, that we're on top of new hashtags. Um, we schedule everything. Oh my gosh! So now we have a marketing plan. We have a hashtag plan. So now we start creating content. Sometimes that means going in taking photos. Sometimes that means creating graphics. And then we actually have to do like a bit of an audit. So we have to go in and see the best times to post. We have to go in and see what their, their audience is actually enjoying. Like what, what posts their clients actually want to be engaging with and actually like to see. Mm -hmm. Um, We always go in and see, okay, like what's their bio look like? What's their profile photo? Do they have a link? Like there's a huge audit that happens. And before we even even start posting and then, of course, there's the engagement piece. So, obviously, engaging engagement's an ongoing thing. Like, literally, it's every single day, mm-hmm. um, minus uh, minus Saturdays and Sundays. Um, we're pretty aware of stories on Saturdays and Sundays because stories expire in 24 hours. Um, so we kind of want to make sure those are being reposted or commented on before they expire.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but engagement—that's commenting on posts that are that we've posted, but also going out and searching, um, for new clients or potential clients. Um, that's the majority of where our time is spent in honesty. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure I've previously said, you know, you spend 20% of your time creating and 80% of your time promoting. So a lot of the time it's, it is promoting and putting your name out there. Uh, It works the same on social media. So DMs, so we're on top of all of our clients' DMs. So anyone that messages them, um, we're really grateful. We have some great clients who actually are on top of those themselves. So they're like quick with getting back to clients or other um, orders or interests or anything anything like that. Um, some other back-end work that doesn't actually involve us on social media is, again, monthly meetings and communications with our clients. Um, tracking analytics. Oh, my gosh. That is like... <laughs> The death of me um <laughs> but that's a weekly thing that we do we track our engagement rate we track um what posts people are liking we track our followers like all of, oh my gosh we track all of it <laughs> mm-hmm. um obviously staying up to date with social media platforms and trends um back and forth on slack during the week it's a lot back and forth between what's going on with clients what's going on with their platforms um and the biggest thing is educating our clients on social media best practices because a lot of our clients still post while we're posting um, and you can tell the difference So oh, yeah just kind of making sure that and that's okay like I'm happy to have clients post if they're if they want to or do stories if they want to I encourage them to do stories and invite them to but um, it's just kind of making sure that they're aware of the best practices which is something that we implemented actually. As part of the client portal, we have now a resource library on our client portal, which has been pretty awesome. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I mean that's that's only our social media clients. Mm -hmm. Um, Our branding clients are a little bit different, but um, you know we still have the market research. It's a lot of back back and forth with our branding clients. Um, Again, a lot of it is on the client portal, which I'm grateful for. But our advising clients are have a very similar. kind of layout as the one I just described and our training clients um, those ones are kind of more uh, where we have like a one-hour session and then it's kind of just like checking in on them and making sure that you know what they took home kind of makes sense and kind of what's next for our next session so mm-hmm. that's I think those are more more upkeep than anything just kind of making sure you know everyone's on the same page but it is it's a lot it's a lot of back and forth. And so a lot of that happens behind the scenes. Like I, I think probably 90% of it happens behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And the other 10% is like communication with our clients and um, what they see on the platform.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're not really going to see all the market research and stuff unless they're looking at your hashtag like document.
1: Yeah, we do. We now actually have the market research up on the platform. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, but, and we now have the marketing plans up on the platform, which I'm super excited about. Um, but yeah, like even just think about, like, think about sending a marketing plan every single month through email Mm -hmm. and like having to go back and look at it. Oh my God, drive me nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that's enough about my emails and (laughs) client portals. How about you? How do you find um, them? Yeah. So
0: my my process kind of specific to client work. So kind of starts at the first message being like, hey, I think I'd like to do a photo shoot with you. And then and then there's like a lead up. So I got to go through the questionnaire. I have to ask them a, kind of what they're looking for. I will have to determine whether or not I'm a good fit. Um, I also have to talk budget with them. We have to do contracts. So they're like, there's that like whole lead up prior to the actual photo shoot. Then there's the day that the photo shoot comes. So if all of that stuff kind of goes through, I've gotten the questionnaire, I've gotten the contract. Um, signed and all of the things then we schedule all the photo shoot and then the photo shoot comes I do it so usually my photo shoots last kind of they've been anywhere from an hour which I think is most often um just because a lot of people don't really like I can take a lot of photos in one hour if everything's kind of set up but they've been as long as like four four or five so it just kind of depends oh, wow. yeah it depends on the shoot what's involved um those kind of things so after the photo shoot is when people kind of stop seeing what I do. <laughs> so um, there's, still like, there's still communication involved. But um, after the photo shoot, what happens is I have to load all of the images onto my computer and my external hard drive as backup. So in case my computer crashes, I still have all of those photos. Um, and then I have to cull the images. So culling images for people that don't know is I might have like, I don't know, 1500 photos from our photo one hour photo shoot. And now I have to go through those 1500 and determine which ones people's eyes aren't closed in, or the light is good, or someone didn't run through the scene or like, there's not a fly in the, in the way or whatever, or a baby's not crying. So I have to go through all those images and then decide which ones are, are good enough really to send to my clients. So I'd also like to note, because I've had this, I don't really have it happen anymore, but I did have it happen before when I was in in the wedding photography industry, where people ask you for your raw images. And I'm going to let people know right now, any reputable photographer will never give you their raw images. And there's a couple of reasons why. One is you don't have the rights to them, because there is such a thing called copyright. (laughs) And that copyright law, allows the photographer to be the owner of the photo as soon as they give you that raw image you now can go in and edit it how you'd like whatever you could post it on the internet under the photographer's name which most of them will make you credit the photographer anyways but if you edit it in a way that doesn't really match our style or our branding you've now kind of um, made us look different or like you you no longer are on the on brand or on trend with how we look Um, So we don't want to give you that ability, first of all. And secondly, because we have the right to our images, we also have the right to determine which ones we want to give you and um, how we want to edit them. So we're not going to give you our raw photos because we are the photographer and we are the artist and we have the knowledge behind kind of the editing platforms. Um, So we're not going to give them to you. Sorry.
1: Um,
0: I have a question.
1: Yeah. So is that like a thing? Like, can you, as a, let's say, I'm the client. Mm -hmm. Can I pay you for the rights of those photos?
0: You can, but it's going to be a lot more expensive than it will be for um, like a photo shoot with edited images. The reason being is you're now buying copyright. So if you want to buy the rights to my images, the cost of that is going to be significantly higher. It would be like um, buying a original print from an artist, basically.
1: And that, so that makes complete sense,
0: yeah. yeah. So you'd be asked you'd be asking for, I want this and I don't want anybody else to ever have it. Therefore I'm buying the rights to it. So if you take the rights away from me, that means I no longer can use that image. I can't edit it. I can't do anything. So once you buy rights, then, then you own the original. So it's like buying an original painting kind of a thing. Right. And so then to so like, be yeah.
1: In that situation, like you couldn't post it on your social media or you couldn't, Correct. Could, you, could you put that in your portfolio?
0: Uh, no, if you have the rights to that image, I no longer can really, I don't own it anymore. You own it. I'm just curious. Yeah. So well, I mean, I that went, people, so that's more like a commission then you're, if you're, but a lot of people don't really buy the rights, right. like, like, the copyright to the image. They usually what happens when you hire photographers, you get what's called limited copyright ownership, which the photographer then grants over you to do specific things with the photo. So if you're a photographer, I highly suggest you have something like this outlined in your contract because you have to be specific as to where the person can post and what they need to do. Like if they can post it, if they can print it, um, if they can give it to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and also
1: huge for social media,
0: horrible for social media. And it's one of the most frustrating things that I deal with because in my contract, it's like, you cannot share it because unless I let, allow them to share with any models they're involved with the shoot, because with that's another thing photographers should have in their contracts, they have to have like model release. Um, so I, I have in my contract that the person hiring models is in charge of getting that model release, not me, because I don't know who they are. I'm not hiring them. Yeah. Um, I mean, that
1: just makes sense.
0: Yeah. So it's up to them. But in turn, I say you can share the photos with those models. However, you can't share the photos with a hundred other businesses because now I don't have work. Right. Which I mean, so. Yeah. So, and and that if I give you limited copyright ownership, I'm being explicit as to where you can use the photos and what you can use them for and how it has to be credited. Look at you being a badass boss. <laughs> well, yeah, you learn through experience, right? <laughs> it's not, it's not that I always knew this. I have learned through experience.
1: Okay, so good advice though for photographers. I, I don't know if photographers like know that. Like, I mean, I could be speaking out of my butt, but like. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that many photographers have thought that far into it unless they've been in those situations, right?
0: Hmm. And I mean, I didn't originally when I was first started out. I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'll totally give you my raw images, and then they like sepiaed all of them. And I was just like, no. Oh. And I'm like, oh, thank you, for- and Shona Hutchings, for these photos. They're so great. And it's just like horrible editing. Like, do you remember Instagram when it first came out? Like the original, oh my god, yeah. Like preset, you couldn't like go in and change the brightness. You had to like only use their preset. Yeah. Like, like they're like six um, authors and they were so bad yeah so like someone would like load a like wedding photo on Instagram and then they'd use one of those which was like totally different than how I edited it and they'd be like oh credit too because it says they had to credit me and they liked <laughs> yeah so anyways so and it was bad I had to be like and then and then now so anyways so yeah no people one people aren't going to give you their raw images and two just follow their contract. So your photographers didn't get annoyed. Um, okay. So after I cull all the images and I pick which ones that I'm actually going to edit, then I go, I'm doing all of this in Lightroom. Then I actually edit the photos. So, um, I know that a lot of people use presets on like Instagram. So if they're like taking photos, they'll use presets. However, when I edit photos, I don't use presets, um, because I edit every single photo individually. Now, if I use a preset, it's because I've gone into your photo set. If I've taken, let's say, or I have 50 images that are in like a studio and the lighting hasn't changed, then I can create a preset for those like 50 images. But then I go back to image one and I edit that photo again. So I'll look to see like, okay, based on that, is the lighting good? Do I need to change any of the sharpness do I need to play with the curves like so then I I go back and I edit every single image which I don't think a lot of people really realize that I can't just like use a I don't know preset that I got off the internet and just like do every single photo which I feel like if people actually buy presets they'll realize that presets which are great and they work for a lot of people but they don't work in every situation so like I know Jillian Harris just came out with presets that she's been like hard firing on her Instagram but she keeps having to say to people natural light is your friend this preset only works for this situation this preset works in this situation and it's like you really you have to kind of know that in order to use them and if you just want to use them for every single photo they're not going to use like they're not going to work so I don't I don't use them unless I have a situation where I know like if I use a lighting kit let's say and I know every single photo is going to look exactly the same then I can create one myself and then I just use it and then I go back and fix all my photos so after I've actually edited the photos in Lightroom and I've done all my like loss less editing I export all of my files and I open them in Photoshop and that's where I do all my fine tuning so um, I think I did a I did a story a really long time ago where there was like lint on one of the like black um, oh, yeah, garments for the that the baby was using yeah so then I like showed like okay here's how I get rid of the lint or some people are like oh can you blur out some of the wrinkles under my eyes And I'm like okay so that's that's where I have to do that kind of stuff or if I need to brighten just like one little spot or um, if there's like a I don't know eyelash on their face or something you can do some of that in Lightroom, but I like using my tablet to do it. So I do it mostly in um, Photoshop. Um, Then from Photoshop, I have to like export all those photos from Photoshop, like save them all again. And that's when I like load them to the online platform that I use to then give them to my clients and that like all of this, like exporting and loading and whatever all takes time. And then I communicate to my client that they're ready and then usually wait for feedback And that's kind of just my process, like, of photos, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of work. But it's a lot of, like, work people don't see. See. Yeah. Yeah, so they kind of see the photo. They see, like, the photo shoot, and they see the email, and then they see, like, the photos that they eventually get, but they don't see a lot of the, like, in between. Mm -hmm. And I always kind of feel weird, like... Because I do as much as I can in camera, so I don't have to do a lot of editing after. So I try to make like my settings to be bright or whatever. But sometimes this like, setting or situation that you're in just doesn't allow for that. So then there's a lot of editing that has to happen after. So like your original raw file could look totally different than the edited file you give to your client. But they don't know that because they haven't seen the raw. But I always have this like weird dilemma where I'm like, oh, do I show before and afters? And people like love it. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want them to see what the photo looked like originally. (laughs) Like if it didn't look good to begin with. So um, I know that I can fix them. And I like, luckily, I have a camera that is good enough that will allow me to do that when I'm shooting in raw. But um, yeah, like I, I just want people to see the nice
1: ones. Yeah, my biggest cringe moment is when people are like, oh, can I see what it looks like? Like Ugh. while I'm at the shoot, yeah. I'm always like, oh my God. Like, I, I don't want to say no. I know. I have that happen too. It doesn't,
0: <laughs> there's not a lot of people that ask me that, but yes, it does happen. And I, I'm always, ha- I always have to be like, please keep like, yes, I'll show it to you, but please keep in mind it's
1: not mm-hmm. edited. Yeah, yeah. That's the exact, exact same wording I use. Mm-hmm. And i like, yeah, for sure. Like you're welcome to take a look, but we'll edit it when we kind of take a look at it later on the computer. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of going back to
0: yeah and going back to um the raw like people asking for raw files I that kind of happens because they like see you taking a lot of pictures but then they don't they know they don't get as many as you take but then I don't think they realize like how long that culling process takes of like the images like just literally going through and picking them so they are just like oh like I only got 150 photos, but you took like 700. Can I just have all of them? <laughs> it's like, Do people no. actually ask you that? Um, I haven't really gotten that. No, not recently, but I used to get it when I was doing photos. And I know of other photographers who have been asked like for all of the images. Oh my God. Um, so you just, I mean, I make it very clear in my contract that like, no, I you don't have the rights to them. And no, I, I have the discretion to t- like choose the photos. And so if people read the contract, they know that. Um, so yeah. I don't really have a problem being like, no, you can't <laughs> because I mean, it's, it's, not- it's outlined. But yeah, there are people that will ask for all the images, knowing like, cause they can hear the shutter going off in a camera. Yeah. right? So they know how many pictures you're taking, but.
1: I also yeah. feel like that has something to be said about um, like the creative business and like in photography. But um, sometimes there's that, like you're hiring someone because you like the way they shoot or because they like the way they edit or how they style things it's like you're hiring them because you're trusting their aesthetic ability mm-hmm, yeah trust is important yeah and so and that's the same with branding and design right like you're you chose that person for a reason so give them that that trust and that that belief that they're going to do the job that you're paying them for otherwise why are you paying them mm-hmm, for sure um because i know for us like well I'll let you chat about the annoying piece that can happen <laughs> sometimes with clients. <laughs> oh, like not hearing from them. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, we kind of
0: talked about this a little bit before, but um, when we were talked about getting feedback. but um, like sending once you send the, the photos or whatever um, work you've done for your client, you kind of want to hear back because when you don't, you're like, did you receive it? Like I don't even know if they got the email. Um, I don't know if they like it, if I need to change anything. Um, and not knowing that mean just means that I'm still s- sitting on closure. So like I can't close that portfolio until I hear back and they're like, "Yes, it's great or oh, no, that's not really what we were looking for, and then they want something different, but I can't I can't continue my processes unless I hear back from them basically. Right. yeah,
1: that's it goes the same for us, like right now we had someone, we had a meeting with someone and it was all like gung ho. Yeah, we're doing this. We need, we're doing a rebrand. I need to do this. I need to do this. I'm so excited. And so, you know, the contract went out, they approved it, but they never actually like signed it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you need to sign this before I can do anything.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and Well, the same goes with like scheduling too. Like if you're like, oh, yeah. let's do it on this day. And then you're like, okay, what time? And then like, they don't tell you for like weeks. It's like, I'm not going to sit around and just wait and leave that entire day open to like come at every
1: beck and call that you have. Like you need to get back to me. Otherwise it's not going to happen. Yeah. We have that too in our contract, especially specifically for branding and design clients. And it's just like, we want to get this done at the time that you want, but it's also to the discretion of how fast you get back to us. Yeah. And that's, it's just, it's, I think that's, the case for any creative project right like we do Mm -hmm. our best to get it to you we've actually just implemented a new (laughs) process um i'm like obsessed with that word it's horrible yeah you love it every time you say it you're like oh like like a little evil laugh (laughs) you're like processes Um, (laughs) but no like for us it's like every friday i now email any client that's like Photography or product and design, and I give them an update mm-hmm. because it saves them that like concern of, okay, what's happening? I haven't heard from them. Are they working on this? It's just like, okay, we've spent the week work, working on your design, but it's not ready to send to you yet. But here's an update. Okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we're working on. We'll let you know like sometime next week, kind of what that looks like. Um, we also kind of tell them typically we give them like a cost update too. So Mm -hmm. they have a general sense as to what the cost is at that point. Um, My like least favorite conversation. And I've had, I have had this previously where it's like, um, Oh, I didn't expect it to be that price.
2: Mm, Oh,
1: I don't ever want that to happen again. Not only is that an awkward conversation for me, but it's, you know, out of the price range of my client and that's not what I want. Yeah, for sure. So I always kind of just let them know on Fridays. This is what's happening. Um, just wanted to give you an update. Here you go. So because then
0: that. they can determine, like, yeah, keep working on it, or ooh, nope, you need to
1: stop. Yeah, exactly. And we had 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 you have any what you have. Yeah, exactly. And we've had a couple yeah. of and they're like. And even if they say that, we're like, okay, we're just finishing up this last piece. Um, We'll send it off to you. And if you feel like, you know, you want us to add, you know, X, Y, Z that we've talked about, then we will. Um, So just kind of, it it can make sure everyone is all on the same page, which I think is extremely important because I have had, so not, not our clients, but I've had conversations with whether they're like their current clients where they've had this previous experience where they were like, yeah, we hired such and such a company for such and such a service. And we got the invoice and it was like 400 a $1,000 more than we thought. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh my God, like I would cringe. Yeah, that would be really hard. And it's like, I couldn't imagine paying that as like me as a person in a business, let alone like giving that invoice to someone and being like, oh, you owe me this because this is the job I did, but I never told you I was doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so yeah. So I think it's important to just make sure you're keeping your clients up to date.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. But,
1: yeah, I mean, like I said, we always follow up with our clients, and I've, I am not perfect. Like my communication is not perfect, friends.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I am. I'm. You know, everyone is learning. I think if you're not learning, then for lack of a better way to say this, you might be doing something wrong.
0: (laughs) What makes for perfect communication, though, do you think? Because I always was like, oh, yeah, my communication is not perfect because I'm not like messaging people exactly the second they message me. Like, But then remember we had like that client etiquette and I was telling you that people were messaging me at like 11. It's like I'm not going to message them back. So does that make it not perfect because I like waited until the next day? I don't know.
1: I think the key word there is perfect.
0: Yeah. Like, is there such like, thing as perfect communication?
1: <laughs> I really don't think so because it's the whole, like, it's in the eye of the beholder thing. Like yeah, for sure, your version is different than my version and like a client's version is different than your whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. how we perceive communication is going to be different for everyone. I think it's just important that from a business to a client, so like B2C or even B2B, if you're working with another business, mm-hmm. it's like important to just maintain that Open communication. So if someone, like, for example, if I have a client who doesn't know where we stand, that they have emailed me and that they know it's okay to email me. Mm -hmm. So it's just just saying, like, if you have any questions, if you're ever unsure of what's going on, please let me know. Yeah, for sure. So I I don't really know. I think perfect needs to be switched with open. Yeah,
0: I think that's a good, good way to put it
1: because that's that's really and that's how I talk that's that's how I, I talk to my team too right like i'm like i don't ever like i would never expect perfect communication from them because i'm not perfect like mm-hmm. no way would i ever expect out of them but i want it to be open with them um, and i would i set those expectations and i would expect the same from my client um you know like i don't know what i don't know
2: it's, mm-hmm, it's, for sure. it's
1: just a fact um, And we're still working on the best way to communicate with clients and the best way to keep them up to date and the best timelines. And that's going to be an ongoing process. But um, again, it's just being open on all levels, no matter Mm -hmm. what it is, whether it's invoicing, um, whether it's like keeping up to date with what's happening, whatever it is, it's just like being open with each other. Because that's the only way it's ever going to work.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. So, we're almost at the end of our episode on Behind the Scenes of Creative Services. So, we kind of talked about um, our administration, we talked about inspiration, we talked about what it actually means to do the client's literal work, and then um, our follow up and fine tuning. So, we also wear many hats that we didn't really talk about. So, maybe, Jen, you want to go through all of the hats you have to wear in your business?
1: Yeah. So, yes, I, I mean, different hats we wear is marketing. So we're a marketing agency that has has to market ourselves. Finances. So we have to do our own finances, promotion, networking. So on top of, you know, making sure our clients are aware of what's going on, they have that open communication, we also have other hats to wear all during the week and every day. Um, so I I hate that like, what's that expectation where it's like Oh my god, it's gonna sound terrible. But it's like you're like you're not my only client. Like that horrible saying that like you never say to a client. Oh yeah. Um That's what it is, right? Like you're not my only client. Yeah, you're not my only client. that is a terrible thing. Don't ever say that to anybody. No, you don't say that
0: (laughs) to your clients. You just think it. You just (laughs) like that's like I don't
1: tell I don't tell some
0: of my students that they're being rude (laughs) and irresponsible. (laughs) I just think it
1: but I just think it. Yeah. But that's I mean, at the end of the day, like that that is what happens. Like every client to me is different. Every client to me is is important and every client to me has a different um, – like we tailor everything to each client. But we also have like 20 other hats to wear. And I'm sure anyone who's an entrepreneur feels this way. Mm-hmm. So I just – it's kind of like setting those expectations and being like, I'm not going to get back to you at this time mm-hmm. because I'm doing finances or I'm at a networking event or I'm mentoring my interns, whatever. It is. So um, it's just kind of being like aware of those expectations. Like, you're a client and you're important to me. But just so you know, I only answer emails at this time. Mm-hmm. So open communication, friends. Let your clients know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I would say also, I have to wear like many hats in my business because like I'm solo. So i to, like, do all of teach? it. And then I also teach. So I have to wear like, teacher hat and entrepreneur hat, um like slash creative business hat. So I have to like do the marketing, finances, promotion, networking, scheduling, all of those fun things. And then I also have to like determine when I have to not do that so that I can do my teaching job. Because I like have report cards or parent teacher interviews or lesson plans or like those kind of things. Or like volunteering at the school and things that I have to do for that. So I, I have to like kind of determine when I should be wearing business, like my business hat versus my teaching hat too.
1: I feel like yours is almost like more challenging because you have to like transfer different hats over like completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very teaching is very different than my like
0: photography business. Yeah. It's totally different. Mm -hmm. Some of them overlap though. I would Mm -hmm. say that some of the things that I learn in, in my creative business, I like transfer over because now I'm teaching visual arts. So I can, when I'm teaching photography and stuff, I can talk from experience with the, with the students actually kind of like, Um, but yeah, they are, they are very different. So I'm kind of have like dual personality in that way where I have to be like teacher slash entrepreneur. (laughs) Yeah. So it works
2: out. Yeah.
0: Okay. So do you want me to close it out, Jen? Yeah, go for it. You started it. All right. Well, you heard us talk about what it looked like behind the scenes of both, um, something simple and Hutchings and co if you have anything you want to add or you want to be, um, a guest on the podcast, please make sure that you send us a message and all of the things that we talked about today. Don't forget that we're going to have them in our show notes. So any of those resources, blog posts, um, et cetera, they'll be there with links to how you can find them. Um, And we will be seeing you next week and we'll be talking about workspaces. I'm glad you guys came
1: back after our two week delay. (laughs) And thank you for hanging out with us for almost an hour and 15 minutes. Oh my gosh, guys. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we'll see you next
0: week. That's all for this week's podcast with Jen Gall and Shona Hutchings. Tune in next week for more Nitty Gritty.